A big week for SNL, the most star-studded cartoon crossover since Roger Rabbit, and get ready to have some U57 fun this week on 302010. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 302010, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture portal taking you back each week, 30, 20, and 10 years ago in the past. You get how it works? Uh, of course, this week we're talking about April 17th to the 23rd in 1990, uh, 2000 and 2010. Get ready to figure out where you were, what you were doing by the things you were watching, playing, reading, and absorbing and listening to, I should say, as we discover what came out. What are the anniversaries being celebrated this week, 30, 20, and 10 years ago? Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. I'm Diana Goodman, and they broke Elian's bed. <laughs> it's me, Sarah. It is her, Sarah, and I hope I don't get too indulgent this episode, because this is a very re- weird one. Well, it's like a bunch of stuff like... such I- a special event. Yeah, and and it's all it's all like, I know that, I do not like that. <laughs> I do not like what's debuting this week, uh, but but yeah, it's going to be a big show this week. Not a lot of classic movies, but a lot of important other events throughout music, TV, and uh, video games. So stay tuned for this. Let everyone know. Hey, this episode is executive produced by Teddy Rossi. What up, son? Uh, hello in Boston. Uh, miss you, buddy, and many other fine people at Patreon.com/slash LaserTime, where for five bucks. Of support, uh, we'll give you a bunch of extra shows, including the brand new show "Sick of Star Wars." Uh, this week's bonus time, where we talk to our buddy Chris Parker about contracting COVID nineteen uh, and uh, Elm Street Nightmare. Hmm, is that coming back? I don't know. As well as thirty twenty tens deeper dive into the games with the boys from Video Game Apocalypse, Mister Diana Goodman, Michael Roparez, and Maddie Allen, and myself. Uh, lots of talk about Final Fantasy thirteen and. Kirby and other things. I can't remember off the top of my head. I didn't write it down. That was an organic plug. It came up organically. <laughs> anyway, back to the show. 30, 20, 10, looking at the world 30, 20, and 10 years ago from the week that we're recording, which is April 17th through the 23rd. Uh, happy birthday to someone. Uh, if, we should say that at the very end, if you're skipping out on the end, we do a birthday and death quiz. You're going to want to be around for that. As we try and well, we don't do a death quiz. We don't do a death quiz, but we'll tell you who no, died in this period. That would be pretty morbid. But yes, we do have a birthday quiz. I've always meant to tease that. I feel like there's people who duck out before the, before the show's over and they've been missing it. Uh, but that's one of my favorite segments to do because Diana quizzes us on a celebrity who was born during this period. But now we're going to talk about 1990. So put on your 1990 hats. Uh, I hope they have an Oakland team on them because NWA is in the news with two live crew. And I don't remember... I don't remember there being an overlap in their controversies. To me, as a little kid, they seemed very, very separated and like eons apart. But mm. uh, a Tennessee judge has ruled NWA straight out of Compton and two live crews nasty as they want to be as obscene in the oh, land of no. Tennessee. I caramba. And uh, I, I don't know. We did we did a Laser Time episode all about banned films, and the mm-hmm. United States is unique in that the government hasn't ever really banned anything they've classified things as pornography or more likely they'll attack an advertiser or a company and mm-hmm. coerce them into doing it but they don't outright ban or block anything that only or, 
they put restrictions on how a thing can be sold. Right. But That's how right. it usually two, happens, especially with music. Two Live Crew is the ex- only exception in our history. They were deemed in our in our, my home state of Florida as not suitable to exist. That was, mm. the, uh, and I, I don't know if that's the same thing that happened in Tennessee, but it's just yeah. odd seeing NWA lumped into that because, yeah. I mean, Two Life Crew is fucking filthy. I can see a bunch of Helen Lovejoys getting upset over that shit. Pop that pussy! Mm-hmm. Uh, but NWA is just like, that's some curse words. Mm-hmm. A little bit of violence. It's radical. I mean, yeah, maybe they're worried about threatening violence. I don't know. I, I started digging into the Two Life Crew obscenity case in florida which i think we get to in a month or two fuck martinez i remember that song very well yeah where i mean people are getting arrested over it stuff like that and yeah i mean part of the what what makes something obscene is that it's like against community standards Mm. and Mm -hmm. has no artistic merit and so Mm -hmm. that becomes part of the case and it gets kind of wild Speaking of community standards, we'll also talk about community, but let's get into it further of 1990. And it has standards. It does. Mm-hmm. Very high standards. And you Netflix people are finally aware. Uh, uh, yeah. Movies. So happy. I've been binging like crazy, man. Me too. It is exactly what I needed right now. Movies mm. of 1990. This is, uh, this is a much better timeline community. Huh? Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is number one at the box office, and I, I am happier than a pig and shit or whatever they changed Bebop to in the sequel. Uh, I, <laughs> this, I love this movie. Please listen to our episode uh, two or three episodes ago where we got to t- I got to talk uh, in long form about one of my favorite movies of 1990. And by the way, a record setter for the highest grossing independent movie of all time. Uh, and now there's one of my favorite payment facts. Yep. <laughs> that and, and then, then there became Phantom Menace. So <laughs> it gets a little weird. Hmm. And I think Cloud Atlas holds the record now. <laughs> oh, wow. Weird. Did I mean, it, no, it no, finally... No. Wait, did somebody finally beat uh, Blair Witch Project? No, sorry, it's not gross. It's a it's a budget. <laughs> oh, okay. Cloud Atlas was apparently, even though it's from Warner Brothers, it was independent. Anyway, uh, the sole movie out in 1990, the week of uh, April 17th to the 23rd. You're in luck, friends, because it's got Tremors, Fred Ward in it, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> as well as Hell Jennifer yeah. Jason Lee, and to a lesser extent, Alec Baldwin. I'm kidding, ladies and gentlemen, Miami Blues. <laughs> Junior could be anyone he wanted to be. Frederick J. Fringer. I'm in Gottlieb. I got something on the real Gottlieb. You call me Junior. Mug, DOA at the San Francisco Airport Hospital. Wouldn't use his real name. Sergeant Hope Mosley homicide. You ain't no cop. Oh, I'm a cop. She's making arrests. Police raid, everybody freeze! See, man, dude, okay, I watched a little bit of this. Me too. This movie is weird yeah it is wild like it is all over the place i could not get a beat on it and eventually (laughs) i just kind of got tired and i was like i don't think i can stick around for this much longer it it is i i kind of liked it it, it, yeah it's supposed to be a a dark comedy and uh, like based on a book that i believe fred ward himself optioned but what i love about it we'll talk about this man a little later uh alec baldwin was an up-and-coming leading man, and I hate Alec Baldwin. as a, He looks like he's doing a parody of a much more old-timey actor when he's in serious stuff. We will find out this week that Alec Baldwin is funny. Right, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't know that in 1990, and I didn't go see this movie, but like, he gets to be the leading man who's also funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
it's well it's weird like i want to know when this was filmed relative to hunt for red october because we right. only had that a month or two ago but here he's much pudgier he's tanner i mean he looks like steven more than alec baldwin <laughs> oh you're and totally right his whole thing is he's kind of a psychopath uh and compulsive liar and con man and petty crook and he gets his he gets his paws on a police badge and so he starts running around pretending he's a cop yep up to and including like stealing people's purses just like running up and getting a lady's purse and running away with it watch a clip on uh, up with jennifer jason lee who is a sex worker and just like she's just kind of around also for his shenanigans it's very strange it is very strange but if you want the, the tone is very weird where it's like it's pretty black comedy, but not to the violent extent. There's some violence, but it's not to the extent you think. But it's directed by George Armitage, who also did Gross Point Blank. Right. So if you uh, want, that's I we, see. We're in his wheelhouse. I see now. I had to yeah. stop looking into him during my research just because of time. This is like his first movie in 10 years. And mm. and, and then like we, I wouldn't go on to see another one of his movies for almost another 10 years. <laughs> And gross playing blank, but also yep. a dark comedy. Yeah. Uh, a a Definitely. really dark comedy, that one. Uh, but let, I don't know. Anything else in Miami Blues? I just, it's another one of those movies, like, I don't know the last time I saw a movie quite like this. Yeah. Where the main character is just so despicable, but also so funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to look up a clip. Look up a clip right now. Oh, what? Look, what's up, quarantine dog? Is that Steve or is that uh, Shelly? Nope, that's my dog. Sorry. That's Shelly. When I look, I looked up a long clip of it and it gave me a. Uh, it gave me Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans vibes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. In that, yeah, it's a despicable main character, but you also kind of like him. Mm-hmm. At the yeah. same time, you're just like holding your face and going, oh, no, no, don't do it. What are you thinking? But well, the- he's just like that chaotic energy that... I just really have to be in the mood for sometimes. <laughs> I'm just, it's one of those moments where I think, I think Alec Baldwin is used very well. Like, dude, I, I laugh at few things harder than I do at every part of the shadow. Like that <laughs> movie is ridiculous and Alec Baldwin's ridiculous in it. And someday, who knows, it might be in the next segment, we will discover that Alec Baldwin has a knack for a, a different kind of uh, theatricality. Uh, let's move on to television, 1990. On the 17th of April, that's what friends are from Arista Records, yes. a 15th anniversary concert. Right. And it, this thing was star-studded. So it was a AIDS benefit mm-hmm. and um, held at Radio City Music Hall. And the CBS aired the two-hour version of the concert, which happened about a month before. And let me just read off to you the celebrity gre- uh, guests that were on this uh Concert is kind of amazing. Is Air Supply, Lauren Bacall, Burt Bacharach, Eric Carmen, Chevy Chase, Jane Curtin, Clive Davis, Taylor Dane, Michael Douglas, Expose, Whoopi Goldberg, Melanie Griffith, Hall Notes, Jennifer Holiday, Whitney Houston, Alan Jackson, Kenny G, Melissa Manchester, Barry Manilow, Millie Vanilli, Jeffrey Osborne, wow. Carly Simon, Patti Smith, Lisa Stansfield, The Four Tops, and Dionne Warwick. What did, what did, what did Millie Vanilli do? What did Millie Vanilli do in their card tricks? <laughs> <laughs> All I heard in there was Eric Cartman, and I, I hope they performed the immortal Kyle's Mom's a Bitch. <laughs> yeah. Eric Cartman, I believe the singer of Hungry Eyes. I don't um, know it. And then at the finale was um, Dan Warwick and Whitney Houston singing That's What Friends Are For, which I always forget that they're cousins. 
I did not know that. Yeah. Um, And they raised two and a half million dollars for AIDS research. Television. And now on to the biggest debut of the week in terms of TV. And it's a show (laughs) I fucking loathe. Wings, wings. You hate wings? Yeah, dude. Wings is like why? Because it sucks. Like I, I don't know. But but uh, I I have a lot to say about the phenomenon. You tell me what you like about wings. Mm, I haven't. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's just weird expressing strong feelings one way or the other about wings. Honestly, yeah. (laughs) So we're in. Yeah, it's not something that creates strong feelings it's just a very generic workplace multi-camera sitcom that happens to have a really good cast but yeah. it's right. still eh. it's the most sitcommy sitcom that's ever sitcomed and and i just remember like telling friends jokes i would hear on this the day before i'm like did i, did I not get something like what the f- <laughs> is this a joke why why is there an audience of people laughing at this story of a little nantucket airport uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. ran eight seasons, hundreds of episodes, and and I just the thing I want to talk about is just because I think that's why it haunted me. And it's it, I was looking up a Duckman clip, and it's like now up on USA wings, 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 and wings. Uh, wings, <laughs> wings was so the the real way most of us uh, our age end up loving sitcoms, especially like your mm-hmm. Full Houses and your Alfs, are through daily syndication. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that differs in whatever territory you're in. Wings is Wings is one of those shows that I remembered. It was not only like syndicated; it was on USA Network, so we could like Sarah, me, Diana, you on any coast, we could watch this thing at the same time if we right. wanted to. Because you see what I'm saying? Whereas like Alf airs at four in fucking Montana, Alf airs at five over here. Wings mm-hmm. was on for the cable audience in like USA somehow had the idea to syndicate this like immediately before the, before like it, it be reached that magical 100 number. And because it was like the biggest show USA had, they ran that shit like six times a fucking day. So this show mm-hmm. was on all the time, as opposed to Alf <laughs> running like maybe That's twice true. a day. Like, yeah, no, I definitely remember catching snippets of it almost every day, like while flipping around, like, Oh, and there's the wings channel. Okay. Because it was just on so much. It is an interesting, I mean, it's just a workplace comedy basically, but I do find that the choice that they made for the workplace is pretty cool. I mean, a little tiny airport, it really sets you up for uh, interesting shenanigans, you know, as far as aviation (laughs) business stuff. I don't know. I mean, any kind of character can come through, and it's plausible, and right? I, and I think to the to the creator's credit, who would go on to create Frasier, I'm like, is that right. possible? Can you create a show from a guy who already exists? Well, I, well, I, I know, yeah. and that's that's I another mean, thing. This is not a Cheers spinoff, but it does canonically share a universe with Cheers because half right. the cast showed up on the show. Yeah, I mean, it was created by people who had a hand in creating cheers and producing cheers so yes it's all in the same universe certainly and and, and to the show's credit uh and i think the the casting director probably deserves some like post-mortem oscar of some kind like the the (laughs) cast this is like the least remarkable thing most of the cast would ever do it's Mm -hmm. tim daly steven weber uh thomas hayden church tony shalhoub uh amy yasbeck uh who i love from problem child 
I don't wear secondhand clothes. I won't have a secondhand kid. It's still one of the meanest lines I've ever seen in a movie. Uh, but Wings debuts this week, and I'm mad about it. Sunset Beat also debuts. It runs two episodes. Mm-hmm. Two episodes? Are they still yep, doing yep. that in the monoculture? Holy shit. Yeah, but it's starring George Clooney. I know. George <laughs> Clooney and Michael Jelloise. What a pairing. So I know who George Clooney is, duh. But who is Michael Deloise? Husband to Dom Deloise. <laughs> Son to Dom Deloise. Oh, God, yeah, that's ah, gotcha. interesting. Okay. Yeah, so there's a show about the LAPD, um, like a group from the LAPD working underground as a motorcycle gang. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm already it hard. I don't know why cool. they didn't last longer. Yeah. And, and speaking of already hard, on Saturday Night Live this week, uh, your host, Alec Baldwin, with musical guest The B-52s. This is Alec Woo. Baldwin's first time hosting <gasps> SNL. And okay. he, he is the current record holder for the most uh, the most times hosted on SNL, barely beating out Steve Martin. I did not know that. Even though Steve Martin's record barely counts. If you host 10 times in the first season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Alec Baldwin is one of the most, I think most of the world loves Alec Baldwin for things related to SNL. Whether yes. that be Thirty Rock uh, characters he does on the show, uh, or or the president, <laughs> but but Alec Baldwin really found a way to shine in this show in a way that I mm-hmm. still find difficult to believe. And if you don't believe me, it's very visual, so I didn't grab a clip. His opening monologue is like, "How do I introduce myself?" He's like, "That's something I know a little bit about as a handsome man." And he yeah. does like <laughs> he does like ten different handsome man introductions with cowboy hats and popping through a curtain. <laughs> It's it's very visual, but it's like it shows him as a man who's kind of game to do anything for a mm-hmm. laugh. And mm-hmm. and I believe mm-hmm. that back in the day when SNL, I felt like I was the only nerd. Uh, I think they talked about him and Tom Hanks. They would stay awake all night with the writers like, no, no, let's do this shit. Let's make it great. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they they Alec Baldwin really poured himself into SNL and would go on. Uh, to, I think he hit his five timers club thing four years later, despite not being that big a movie star. Yeah. Just because he's that good on SNL comedy. And I, I feel like I bring this up every time we talk about Alec Baldwin on SNL specifically, because it has come up multiple times. It is like mm-hmm. he is just one of those people that it is extremely unfair that he, especially as a young man, is that attractive yeah. and also that <laughs> funny. Like he and John Hamm are two jerks <laughs> who do not like how how did you become funny? You're hot. That doesn't usually work out. You know, yeah, <laughs> no. except that John Were Hamm- they maybe fat kids or something? It's yeah, like yeah. yeah, most fat most funny people they they're doing it as a defensive maneuver exactly. or supplements or something. John, just John Hamm can happen? do drama when when Alec Baldwin does drama he does it with the same zest he'd do it on SNL. So look up the Handsome Man Club where Alec Baldwin mm. will teach you how to be a handsome leading man. He'll teach you how to take <laughs> off your your glasses dramatically. It's a great early SNL sketch. I don't think it's from this episode. But yeah, the first of 15, the record holder for most times hosting Saturday Night Live, Alec Baldwin starts this week. And uh, speaking of debuts that I'm going to let Diana talk about, uh, Jeeves yeah. and Wooster debuts in the UK. Ah. <laughs> oh. This is such a light, fun one. Uh, Jeeves and Wooster, Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie adapting the P.G. Wodehouse stories. Um, There's 23 of them total. It's uh, they take place in like the late 20s, early 30s. And it's about like the super upper class twit and his butler that saves his bacon all the time. And that's Ah. where we get the character. The idea of Jeeves, the butler comes from these stories. Um, And they are 
just goofy as hell, and they're a lot of fun. Jeeves and Moose, everyone. Ask ask your mom. If she watched PBS back in the day, she loves these. Oh, dude, I (laughs) I remember very specifically our our NPR donation catalog, this being on the cover several fucking times. (laughs) Jeeves and Wooster. Yeah, I can imagine that. They're they're very fun. If you want to feel like a smart person while watching a comedy, they make you feel all smart. I guess. Classy and shit. Stephen Fry will do that. And uh, but yep. I think we should also hold a competition for the most British show name of all time. And so I think Susan <laughs> Wooster is up there. Oh no, we have that next week. We have a TV movie called Core Blimey. No, we don't. Oh <laughs> we god, do. I was gonna. We su- do. I've been waiting to talk about this. Once I saw this existed, I was like, <laughs> oh man. I was I was gonna suggest uh, the Vicar of Dibley as the most British show name of all <laughs> that time. That one's pretty. That's really British. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, now I guess my time to shine, but this really depresses me. Um, I think we have a whole video commentary for this on our YouTube channel. Uh, this It's the only program this decade that will simultaneously launch on ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, BET, USA, and Nickelodeon. Wow. It, it is the biggest star-studded cast uh, of fictional characters since Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It depresses me, according to all of my research that I have done, Roger Rabbit is an unprecedented... Uh, Mickey and Bugs have never met again after mm. that. Never. You'd think it would have happened one more time since 1988. It never happened again. But the, like all, a year and change after Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I think this technically represents more companies than Roger Rabbit does. But I'll let the mm. fucking president, who's also in this, tell you what's going on. Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue is the powerful story of a teenager dealing with drug and alcohol abuse. Some of your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. And make the right decision. Stay away from drugs and alcohol. Watch Cartoon (laughs) All-Stars to the Rescue tomorrow morning. Uh, it, yeah, I, I remember this so vividly. You could rent this for free at your local library. McDonald's sold it at a very, very like like one ninety nine. Maybe they may even give them out for free. I don't remember. But mm-hmm. the posters were given to our schools. So I remember mm-hmm. walking into like my fourth grade classroom, and this was on the wall for the entire year. And I also remember just like I can't wait to watch this. Can things suck? I'm too yeah. young to know if things can suck, but I hate yeah. this. This is so oh, boring. Well, yeah, because it's all your favorite cartoon characters, and they're all together. But they're all together just to convince some kid not to smoke weed. And it, yeah. it's, that it, it, it's that for most of it, it is so specifically weed. And I can see everyone else. I could go, I, I could go through the whole cast. I want to introduce them through voices, because I think... The really cool thing about this is that it is everyone. It's all the original voices. They did not skimp on on the voices here, and well, except for Bugs and Daffy. Well, that's because Melanco just died. He just died. That's what I wanted to talk about because there's something about Bugs Bunny saying like, "Hey, Doc, dope is for dopes." And like, are you kidding? Buzz Bunny blazes with anybody. Like, <laughs> Bugs, Buzz would never tell you not to smoke weed. Bugs, Bugs, is very Bugs cool. loves weed, but this is the first ever appearance of Bugs Bunny not being voiced by Mel Blanc. Wow. Because he died the previous year. Uh, Roger Rabbit, I think, being 
it's difficult to know because I think Carrot Blanca, or no, Box Office Bunny had already been made, but it's Jeff Bergstrom doing it for the first time. He's the most consistent voice of Bugs Bunny since the death of Mel Blanc, and good. Uh, but it is all about drugs, and they have some half-assed conceit, not unlike Smash Brothers kids, keep listening. Uh, they don't <laughs> seem to want them to be cartoon characters. The beginning establishes that it's toys come to life. And I'll, without further ado, here's a song about them teaching you how to say no. Here's a practical reply. Go ahead, let's slice. Spit right in his eye and say no. I, I always operate on the idea that I'm we're introducing this to somebody for the first time <laughs> because it would it would be crazy to not have known this existed. Uh, so I'm not sure who you heard in there. Here's a little more. Just the idea of Alf mu- like muzzling Bugs Bunny makes me want to like just throw a nuke through the world. Like, <laughs> Alf has not earned that. Right. And the Chipmunks and Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And, and Garfield and the Muppet Babies are very concerned that if you smoke weed, you're going to steal your kid's piggy bank, or you're going to steal your little sister's piggy bank to buy more weed, and it's going to ruin everyone's lives. I did, but it was for ecstasy. No. They weren't specific enough. Uh, I, can someone remind me to isolate the sound of baby Kermit saying when you and your friends want to get wrecked? Like, <laughs> that, was, that was like way before its time. <laughs> but it is, it is Garfield, Winnie the Pooh, and Tigger... The Chipmunks, Slimer from the Ghostbusters, Michelangelo from the Ninja Turtles, Bugs Bunny, Alf the animated in the animated form, uh, the the nephews from Ducktales, uh, of, with uh, along with Rusi Taylor doing the voice. It is it is fucking it, it, everybody from Muppet Babies. It is it is technically incredible, but like a total bummer to watch. It is all free it's on YouTube. So. Dumb and special guest star George C. Scott as <laughs> drugs, as the as the the fucking basuted smoke based embodiment of drugs. drugs. He's just drugs. drugs. And, and it, like it, it, it's it so so dumb. It's like every special episode of everything ever just rolled into one. They're trying so hard to get our kids attention so that we like will know. Don't don't do drugs, but. Every time they try to explain why we shouldn't do drugs, I always just make it look really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've they've never figured out like, no, here's a bum. That yeah. guy does drugs. Yeah. Don't be him. Yeah, yeah. They, here's a guy falling asleep at his at his at his, <laughs> his daughter's recital. Like, yeah, that's terrible. I would never want to do that. But those pills look delicious. Mm-hmm. They, they, they look delicious. The candy. I'm gonna go ahead and call this stamp it right here. Stamp. This is the death of the 80s when you take all my favorite cartoon stars to tell me to not do a thing that is now legal and paying for most of things through your taxes. Uh, (laughs) I I, I hate it. I hate it so fucking much. We did a full-length video commentary. You can watch it there, and you can – I think we have – a million wonderful ways to say no on our YouTube channel. I tried my best to remaster this atrocity, but it, <laughs> it, it, it's interesting just because there's so there are like there are only a handful of companies who allowed their characters to be in Roger Rabbit. There are more here 
Remember, Disney doesn't own the Muppets yet. Uh, Nickelodeon oh. doesn't own the Ninja Turtles yet. It is it is a lot of fucking people, and it's it is the very definition of star studded. If you were a little kid, and I would fucking kill for a, a an immaculate print of that poster. So let me know. Uh, but yes, the yep. show sucks. Yeah, like I said, Cartoon All Stars to the Rescue. It is on YouTube. It's only half an hour. It, 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 it is feels worth it. it feels way longer. It is worth it. It's so it bad. It really does. <laughs> so bad. Uh, and, oh, it's so bad. And then we have, uh, speaking of kids, the Kids' Choice Award, the fourth annual Kids' Choice Award, hosted by yes. Dave Coulier, Candace Cameron, and David Faustino. That is, uh, that is what, Bud, DJ, uh, and Uncle Uncle Joey yep. um, giving away. This is, hmm. this is the first time they use the orange blimps for That's their trophies um, at the Kids' Choice Awards. Yeah. Um, and I guess they're still doing them to this day. They are. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, they are, but it's it's mostly YouTubers I don't I was going to say, it, I imagine it's probably a lot of, like, TikTok celebrities. And I, I don't mean to throw shade because, like, you know, I wasn't watching the fucking Oscars when I was this young because sure. I just got done having my brain warped by Cartoon All-Stars of the Rescue. This was far more reflective of what I was actually watching. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, who mm-hmm. is cooler, Janet Jackson or Paula Abdul? Yeah, it is Paula Abdul. Yeah, favorite movie was Look Who's Talking, beating out (laughs) Batman and Back to the Future 2. Mm -hmm. Favorite movie actor is Michael J. Fox. Favorite movie actress was Leah Thompson. Okay, Uh, but Michael J. Fox beat out Eddie Murphy for Harlem Nights. Children should not be seeing (laughs) Harlem Nights. It's so crazy. That's what are you doing? That movie held the record for most F bombs until a movie we'll get to this year. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, favorite TV show, like, why is married with children there and not The Simpsons? Yeah, I, I know that's the, weird. The Simpsons was a little more controversial, but like if you were actually watching what your kids were, married with children is a way more fucked up thing to have your Nickelodeon kids watching. Well, The Simpsons was nominated in favorite cartoon category, huh. so it probably was a live action. Situation. I went, I went on a huge rabbit hole for this cartoon All Stars: The Rescue. Like, why the fuck wasn't Bart Simpson here? And I know it hasn't; they haven't been on the air that long. But this thing was very thrown, clearly thrown together very quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. I wonder if, if, like, Bart was just too bad to tell you not to do drugs. Uh, mm. And everyone's favorite sports teams this year, beating out the Oakland A's and the Detroit Pistons, the 49ers. Get the fuck out of here. That yeah, seems 49ers very... 49ers are on a roll. I, I know, I know, but just like... Very arbitrary. There, there are, like, six yeah. categories here. So, like, this is a much yeah. smaller show. It seems to me, like, just on the basis of looking at the winners and the nominees, like, wow, what a palatable award show. Mm-hmm. But I do love that um, the two people who get fi- famously slimed is uh, da- are Dave Coulier and Will Wheaton. Shut oh, up, shit. Wesley. Don't you shut tell him to Wesley. shut up, Wesley. He said he didn't like that. Uh, oh, sorry, Will. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm only now like pouring over Star Trek thanks to Picard. Um, so good. Finally, that person. Uh, games of of of. 1990, April 17th to the 23rd. I don't have any knowledge of this, but thankfully we have a show on patreon.com slash laser time where hopefully someone could... I'm I'm already pressuring Matt without him knowing because I don't know anything about Fire Emblem, but Fire Emblem now is one of Nintendo's biggest series. They have oh God. the biggest... There's like 80 trillion of them, aren't there? There's not... No, not as many as you'd think. It's just that like... I feel like I've heard about 80 trillion Fire Emblem games. Because they released... A mobile one and a we uh, a switch one in very quick succession, 
And and, mm. and they've been a majority of the announcements for Smash Brothers characters because it is fucking absolutely huge in Japan. It took a really long time to get a foothold in America. But the first one is out here. America never got it, or at least didn't get it for years. I don't even know if you can get it. I looked this up a week ago. I put this in the wrong week, and I don't have my notes with me. But the first ever Fire Emblem is out this week, 30 years ago. Let's get into the music of 1990, April 17th to the 23rd. We got new releases from Lou Reed and John Cale. Songs for Drella. Uh, anyone? No? Okay. Uh, Spanking Machine by Babes in Toyland. That is a metal band. That I remember. It was in the same section as, as Cinderella. Uh, the Good Son by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. That's yummy. Woo. Johnny Gill self-titled uh, uh, People's Instinct of Travels for the in the Passiverism by a tribe called Quest and Repeater yeah. by Fugazi, which made a, a a lot of the best rock albums of the 1990s. I I believe I've seen Fugazi, not Tribe Called mm-hmm. Quest. I would trade them in a second. Um, yeah. but we will close. Fugazi out. is a great band to drop if you are trying to impress a very pretentious boy mm-hmm. in conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Look. Ian McKay yeah, well, me- name name all of their albums. <laughs> that's when I sink back away into the bushes. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's when I say uh, Sgt. Pepper, Abbey Road, uh, the White Album, Revolver. That was my favorite. They're not the replacements. They didn't name all their albums after Beatles albums. Um, but <laughs> let's close out with some Sinead O'Connor. Nothing Compares to You, which is number one and just... This is like right around me becoming aware of music videos. So I can't hear this song without thinking of her face, like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. filling the frame of black and white. This controversial woman who had the, who dared to shave her hair off and is just like undeniably beautiful. And was just, Mm -hmm. just the idea of like not having hair made her so controversial. What a simpler time. Uh, But yeah, well, and also. Committing an act that many people felt was blasphemous. Had that happened already? Yeah. <clears throat> no. Yeah. No. No. But right it's, around, it's coming up. She'll start being getting into a thing where it's like before her concerts, like Madison Square Garden or someone wanted to play the national anthem and she didn't like that. And everyone was like, why would you play the national anthem before a concert anyway? Yeah, that's <laughs> wild. That's just weird and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, okay, that was the only time I'm going to get to say this. This song confuses me. Because she accomplishes so much in in 16 hours and 15 minutes, or whatever it is. No, 7 hours and 15 minutes. She goes out every night and sleeps all day. She goes to a bunch of fancy restaurants. She accomplishes all these things after Wait, I she is established. hours and 15 days. No? I think it's 15 minutes. We might have to look this up. Okay, we will. I'm looking up. But- Nothing compares to you lyrics. Because yeah, you're right. 15 days. Oh, Wait, I got one that says 15 days. Okay. Oh, you're right, it's 15 days. Because when I'm in a depression hole, I'm not doing anything as much as what she's doing, even in 15 days. Hell no. I hope it crosses over with uh, Ice Cube's Good Day. That's what I hope. Oh. (laughs) Yes. I smell a mashup right there. There you go. He didn't have to use his AK, and he could eat his dinner in a fancy restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, please. Okay. okay. For some reason, Excuse I've always me, heard her say "minutes." Where can I check my really AK? Quietly. Anyway, anyway, let's close yeah, out. I don't know with why a... I've always heard minutes, but days actually make some sense. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Let's close oh, out. We're here for uh, thirty years of controversy finally settled. <laughs> let's close out with nothing compares to you, and we'll be right back with uh, two thousand. Stay right there. I went to the dark
Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Chris, you got your COVID-19 test, and you passed? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yes, I passed. By getting it. Um, but I, they probably didn't tell you you had it from an automated phone call. No. I was talking to real people the whole time. Right. So, have you ever been given one of those spam calls? The police and the IRS are aware of your misdoings, and, like, it's a robot, right? Oh, yeah. So, he said, like, listen to this fucking phone call I got. I can't And it sounds just like that. An individual who has tested positive for COVID-19, also known as the coronavirus, has identified you as a close contact. It is imperative that you promptly take the following actions to protect your health and the health of others. Please self-isolate immediately in your home. It's yeah. a, a text-to-speech program, but I get a, I get a ton of these. And this one sounds just as fake as that, but it's still like that has to be the scariest fifteen seconds. Oh. And then, and then, of course, like the dude's like freaking out. Who the fuck could this have been? I can imagine this is an automated test, and they just added in my number because they didn't want to go through the personal shame of telling me I should continue to listen. You are especially at risk because you have a tiny wiener. It is so small, and therefore you will become much thicker than an individual who had, oh, let's say, even an average size or slightly below average size weenie because your weenie is so tiny. The CDC is reporting nearly a 100% death rate for people like you who have small wieners. This is especially troublesome for you because your weenie is the smallest weenie in the whole world. (laughs) So this is real because this dude still doesn't know who sent this to him. (laughs) Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Coming into 2000 <laughs> with a little bit of Joe. Okay, this is not Fat Joe, but uh, treat no. it like a lady. Just, Just Joe. Joe. By Joe, off of My Name is Joe. I've always wondered what that album title meant. Uh, welcome to 2000, <laughs> <laughs> April 17th to the 23rd. Uh, we have new releases, and this is a big one You, uh, you for British girls. Uh, S Club 7, <laughs> S Club is out. I... I I love it when you discover, like, oh, a band exists? How'd you know? I saw the fourth season of their television show. (laughs) (laughs) S Club 7. The Discovery of a World Inside the Moon by the Apples in Stereo. Damn. I first heard them on the Pete and Pete soundtrack. Uh, Stronger Than Death by Black Label Society. Emotional by Carl Thomas. Uh, Figure 8. Elliot Smith's final complete album. And uh, Let's Make Sure We Kiss Goodbye by Vince Gill. Maria Maria by Santana is still number one. (laughs) <laughs> no more Santana. Uh, no. no. Stop it. I want him to make an official sequel to Smooth in a song called Chunky. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for that bad joke, but it is the 2000s. It's about peanut butter the whole time? Uh-huh. <laughs> it, can, it can also be about poop. 
Uh, Ew. Until 2000. <laughs> uh, God damn it. Ladies. I didn't like that. And probably not gentlemen. Oh, the Oprah Magazine debuts. Mm-hmm. It's still going as oh, far yes. as I can tell. Yep. My mom still has a subscription to it. <laughs> she really. Is, she isn't Oprah the, the, she's on the, no one's on the cover but her every issue, right? Yeah, she's had some issues where she has had someone with her on the cover, but she's always on the front of her own magazine because why the fuck not? You're Oprah. Is anybody yeah. going to be allowed to be as big as Oprah again? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just Ooh, fascinated by I don't by know her. if anyone can be as big as Oprah again. Right. She started out super schlocky. I, I like, mm-hmm. like looking at old Oprah clips, I'm like, how did she become someone people listen to? Because Ricky Lake did this too, <laughs> mm, <laughs> and right. so did Maury Povich, and Oprah's trajectory. I, I guess she probably changed the tone of her show. Anyway, anyway, she did, yeah. yeah. And she just has this like secret sauce, you know, yeah. that just it it just works. No. And you know, I think part of it too is that she does have comes from a place of really wanting to help people, even when sometimes it does things like give us. Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz <laughs> are released into the world. But, you know, she she's, a, she's an interesting lady. By helping people, that also includes people who work at Harpo Productions. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. CBS announces the premiere of a brand new bizarre reality show this week, Survivor. Survivor will Ooh. be out uh, you, next month. Is that is it based on Expedition Robinson from Sweden? <laughs> <laughs> No, they're, it is. It they're, is. They're playing coy with that, that part. That was in 1997, but yeah, oh, wow. they're not really telling us what it is yet, hmm. and it debuts in uh, like six weeks, I think. They've already hmm. been running promos for this. The date is announced this week, and I don't know. For me, this is this is representative of the network reality show craze and the mm-hmm. fact that it's still on the air. I think it, uh, it is. Yeah, it absolutely oh, yeah. is. I haven't seen a single minute of Survivor, but um, I've been watching. I watched the last season of The Amazing Race, and they were taking people from Survivor who had like been on Survivor, and now they're they've been put on The Amazing Race. It's very everything is just all the same thing now, basically. Yeah. Uh, and that's I guess I, I grew up in the MTV reality era, but we you know whenever we'll, we'll get to Survivor, sadly. Yeah. Uh, and I thought I was going <laughs> to scoop Diane on this just because. Uh, a moment occurred here on the 22nd. Alien Gonzalez is removed from his relative's home in Miami. And I didn't find it hmm. through the news. I found it through the photograph that you probably think of when you think of Alien Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean a yep. child in the arms of a of a relative having an automatic weapon pointed at him by a man in Kevlar vests. And what the fuck is wrong with America? <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and just, that was so crazy and such a huge thing. I mean, I remember we talked about it in school constantly. Like, it was everywhere. Yeah. I think this is literally the moment where I realized something wrong with Florida. Because by the time we get to the end of the year, I'm going to realize, Florida, you're the reason everything goes wrong around here. Sometimes. this mm, You're this, the Gilligan of this trip. This is still, if you remember the Elian Gonzalez saga, it's about the story of a young man, young boy, washing, washing on shore with his mother and a bunch of other uh, refugees. And it, well, his mother died. Yes. Mm-hmm. But she it, died in the crossing. He was six, and he had... A parent back in Cuba who wanted him back. He, his dad yes. wanted him back, and so that became 
So really fucking touchy. It wouldn't have been an immigration issue, but it also became a custody issue, which allowed certain people to bring just never stop talking about this because no, we got to put a stop to all immigration because of this custody battle. Uh, it, it's mm-hmm. it's yeah. Or we it fuck the custody battle because you know his mother died to bring him freedom, and you're going to send mm-hmm. him back to that butcher Castro. Yeah, to the family. He, his mother died to bring him to the family he's living with, where he says he wants to stay. Yet uh, we could have a whole pro, uh, like a high profile deporting. I don't know when this kind of xenophobia will ever come back in vogue, but I have a feeling mm-hmm. it should be live tomorrow on television. Uh, uh, that's another slam at the Mad King Uh, 2000 movies let's get into those because I am astonishingly uh, did you ever find out what happened to Elian Gonzalez no would you like to know yeah Yeah. he's fine yeah he's fine he went back he went back to Cuba and of course Castro made a huge deal about how this was like a you know major win for Cuba and they like made a little museum of like uh haha the we this is our museum to uh justice and we beat America at something and yeah he was used as propaganda for a whole bunch um but apparently he's fine he graduated college he got an engineering degree I, I don't know. I'm I'm happy. I mean, maybe he can't speak freely, and maybe one day we'll find out. He'll be like, my life was the worst nightmare ever, and there'll be like a really good movie about it. I'm well, happy. I mean, he definitely went through a insane trauma. I mean, yeah. having, you know, coming to America the way he did, losing his mother. Anytime a person is pointing a gun at you, that is a traumatic event. So, yeah, I, he probably didn't get through scot-free. It's no. true. I'm sure. No. Yeah. Being a pawn between two countries. Yeah. Is not fun. And I, yeah, I hope his life got to go back to something of normal. I guess. You can, you can, you can live past having an automatic automatic weapon point in your face and you've done nothing wrong. Um, I I do. Well, it'd make me hate America and be happy to go back to Cuba. Honestly, (laughs) if I were him, I'd be like, fuck all of y'all. I think, I think I read today. uh, Today is America. America had its first march with no school mass shootings. Um, yeah, I saw that too. That is, it is Oof. a huge Yay, cheat. us. In, in 20 years. <laughs> 20 years. The record started today. Uh, this, Yes, anyway. Uh, the 2000 movies, I don't care much about, except for one. Uh, Kevin and Perry go large. What the fuck is this? Uh, that is a British movie based on uh, characters from Harry Enfield show. Um, it's got something of a cult following because there's lots of like EDM clubby shit mm. from the time. Um, it's got a really, really long ass soundtrack. And it's, uh, I mean, it's sort of Farrelly Brothers, like teen comedy thing going on that, yeah, Kevin and Perry are pretty funny. And also anyway. committed with Heather Graham, Casey Affleck, and Luke Wilson. I. I've always heard this is terrible, and then a lot of the reviews were, oh, it's pretty bad. But it's, like, in that genre of movie where it's, like, this is wacky, but if, like, you take a step back and look at it, you're, like, no, this is all criminal behavior, and everyone Mm -hmm. needs to be put in jail. Mm. Where it's, like, Luke Wilson is married to Heather Graham, and he decides, like, I need to go find myself. And she just, like, stalks him across the country and terrorizes him because they're married. This is one of those movies that I don't think I ever saw it, but for some reason, the... Um, cover to the video box like looms large in my head yeah. because yeah. it's 
I don't know why it's so indelible, but yeah, it's Heather Graham. Like if I describe it, if you don't know what movie we're talking about, maybe if I describe the cover of the movie, then you would be, you know, exactly what we're talking about, but it's Heather Graham (laughs) with like her hair is, you know, blonde and long and kind of in like twists and Mm -hmm. she's bending over and holding up her ring finger like it's a middle finger and making like a yelling face. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just her on a white back. Uh, it's indelible. I, yeah. I don't know why. I, I was like, oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no. So weird. No, not, not. Eh, good. Yeah. Let's talk about a movie I did like, though. Oh, yes, this movie Another is the movie British I British movie like. that barely came to the U.S., kind oh, of like. I'm sad I yeah, didn't get to this one. Else. But it's uh, Kate Hardy, Alex Kings- Kingston, and for my, for me, my introduction to Clive Owen. Uh, uh, kind of a, yeah. a crazy introduction to Clive Owen. Yep. A croupier. See you handle the chips. Go. I've got a job. What job? As a croupier. How did you land that? Don't you need training? Very good. A world divided into those who play. I'm betting on you. I'm not much of a bet. Relationships with females working here are expressly forbidden. Welcome to the cesspit. And those who watch them lose. You're forbidden to talk to a punter outside the casino. You must ignore him. Gamblers are born liars. I don't gamble. Where rules are made to be broken. Uh, yeah, the, I, I remember, dude. I watched this like three times, and I have no memory of it. But I why re- did you it three times? Because uh, but this is at the height of like gambling movies, and oh, and also like, like oh, that's true. That's true. And yeah. also, and also, Clive Owen had like this pretty undeniable like intensity. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yes. He is not your handsome Daniel Craig guy. It looks like he's lived a life, and mm-hmm. uh, he was a different kind of leading man. I liked. I really like Clive Owen being a leading man, and I don't know what the fuck I I do, too. No, when this movie hit, I mean, pretty much every headline was, here's our next James Bond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. This guy should be the next James Bond. Holy shit, he has it down. And he shows up And then blind. it's funny, then, and then, uh, yeah, then uh, we had Daniel Craig and Layer Cake right around this time, too, and the mm-hmm. same thing, and it became the dueling people say, like, no, Clive Owen's too perfect. He's, the other guy's blonde. Fuck that guy. And then Daniel Craig won. Yeah, I really oh, feel like he yeah. lost the job because it was too obvious. If you Googled croupier even 20 years ago, you would come up with a shot. It's like, is that the new James Bond? He's yeah. sitting at a blackjack table. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And he he would have been really good. Yeah. It would have mm-hmm. been, yeah. been no, fun. I, I love Clive Owen because he can do just, yeah. he's He actually looks like a man, yes. not like a grown-up boy. Yes, exactly. That's one of the things that I've always really liked about him. And it it, it is especially stark in Closer, which is one of my Mm -hmm. favorite, one of my favorite movies. And he's so good in it in contrast to um, the prettiest pretty boy of all the land, Jude Law. Mm. Mm -hmm. Those two like playing against each other is like just perfect casting for that movie. Clive Owen naturally conveys like, I can get down to some naughty shit and everything Jude Law was doing in that movie. I'm like, I don't believe you. I don't mm-hmm. even believe yeah. you like women. And <laughs> <laughs> well, that's part of why I think uh, Clive Owen works so well in Croupier because it's about a guy who's, you know, he's got some sort of history and then he gets drawn into this like underground gambling thing. And then he gets drawn into, uh, you know, a robbery of the, the uh, casino and that's, you know, just when he thought he was out, they pull him back in, et cetera, et cetera. But it's just, yeah, it's really stylish and you just really, it's really atmospheric. Mm. And yeah, just a, you know, like a, a solid thriller type, but not 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 like scary thriller, right. like tense, 
heist movie thriller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, this is a solid movie. I went back. I didn't get to finish it, but I want, just started it and I was immediately like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, look at all those crowds not social distancing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Can you imagine being in the casino again? Cool. Oof. Mm. Uh, and up next, uh, Gossip with Joshua Jackson, Marissa <laughs> Cool, Kate Hudson, Norman Reedus, this Lena movie. Headley, and James Marston. Gossip. Okay, class, news is gossip. What do you think? People are people. We do what we do, and then we gossip about it. It started as a school project. I think we should start a rumor. But once it spreads... Her shirt stays on. Somebody yeah. sees this. Next thing I heard. I heard. It takes on a life all its own. Whatever it is that you think I did, I don't know why you think that. Until someone decides to kill it. I like gossip. It's fun. Ever hear a killer rumor? Gossip. Look for it on video cassette and DVD. Yes. yes. Uh, this movie is extremely 2000. Yep. 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 Oh, this yep. Dreamly 2000. Newfangled internet can spread a gerbil rumor 10 times faster than <laughs> phone. Ooh. It doesn't even There's really hook lying it. teenagers. Yeah, it doesn't even really hook a technology aspect into this. But yeah, it's a it's a movie that really wanted to be a lot smarter than it actually was. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so dumb. I mean, I almost didn't like run the trailer, but it's like it's worth pointing out this cast is all mm-hmm. st- they're still up and comers and everything. I mean, James Martins and Lena Headey, Norman Reedus, Kate Hudson, Josh Jackson. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> and, and Eric Bogosian. This, and a little Eric Bogosian in there. Love it. But it's so dumb. It's like, ooh, they spread this rumor that this girl and her boyfriend had sex. And she said she was going to wait, but they're going to have and then oh the rumor gets out of control and now people are getting accused of rape and stuff and it's like you does it i don't know if it just it, that it wants to be cruel intentions or it wants to have a message maybe it's that maybe it's a, it thinks it's cruel intentions but important message for the kids these days and wow, it's just, fucking uh, awful trying to rem- it's just so funny to me that these children are in college in new york city and yet somehow this entire college campus is aware of the fact that A, this new girl, Kate Hudson, is saving herself for marriage, and B, she had sex. And everybody is scandalized to the bone has the writer at a New ever, York City college. Has the writer ever been to college? There's no new girl in college. <laughs> yeah, I know. That is the yeah. thing that was so surprising to me. And this happens a lot sometimes in movies that are set during college. And I just, because I mean, I went to Florida State, so it's a I, I didn't know anyone. Like I, I, I knew my friends, and that was it. There was nobody that was like, "Oh, I've heard of this person around campus." You yeah. know, I, I, I even know. like met friends. I'm like, "You're in my same class." Yeah, I've never been. So like, like yeah. no one ever <laughs> noticed. Like I don't know. It's so ridiculous. And, and just the idea of like chased being something people admired 20 years ago. Everybody wants to get down now. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's the, the forever, the dichotomy of, well, you don't want to be a virgin, but you also don't want to be a slut. Right. You have to be somewhere in between. I well, choose slut. And that was very big so, during yeah, that time with Dawson's Creek and everything like that. I mean, yeah, that was a big storyline. It's like, okay, the idea that she's, she's waiting for marriage. Okay. You make fun of that if you really want to. But the idea that she had sex with a longtime boyfriend, mm. that's what you're supposed to do. Who the fuck cares? Who cares? Yeah, Who and so cares? the idea is that J- uh, Eric Bogosian is teaching a class 
a class of which I couldn't really figure out what the subject of the class was. Was it journalism? <laughs> like I couldn't figure it out. But basically, the they had to write a paper. Um, James Marston and Letta Hetty and um, Norman Reedus are all roommates, and they're all in this class, and they had to write a paper. And so they decided to do as an experiment start a rumor about Kate Hudson losing her virginity and just then track it and see like how it gets like changed over, you know, the course of going through all of this gossipy stuff. And then people's lives start to unravel. It's real oh dumb. My God. And then there's so a twist dumb. that's like got a horn on it from like a mile away, basically. Yeah. It was very 2000, though. I mean, all the styles and the editing and the music cues, it was it was a little time capsule, that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I love the, child, the, the childish take of James Marsden in that trailer. It's fun to do bad stuff. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> Ugh, gross. Could you, could you help me yeah. understand your character a little more? Anyway, number one at the box office this week, and I think only because no, this. No, we're skipping one. Oh, we we're are. Oh, we are. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. we are skipping one. Yeah, let's talk about a good movie that has people in college. All right, this one. I was so surprised how much I enjoy loving basketball. Mm. Mm. This is the only uh, basketball movie out this decade that didn't have Spike Lee involved. Uh, I, I always thought I this think was it did actually. Did it? Okay. <laughs> I think he might have produced it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he got game and uh, what's the clockers? And uh, yeah. but this has Alfred Woodard, Debbie Morgan, Dennis Haysbert. Uh, Omar Epps and Sanalathan in Love and Basketball. They play the same game. If you don't start a bad attitude, no one's going to recruit you. I'm a ball player. With a jacked up attitude. They share the same dream. You'd love for him to play USC like you did, right? No, I'd love for him to get a good education. At all states. Why keep hoping you'll grow out of this tomboy thing? I won't. I'm a lesbian. (laughs) That's not funny. <laughs> no, I've not she seen not. this. This this is like this seems to have a special place in in some people's hearts. This is uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, like a black love actually or something. Like this is <laughs> it's one of those things that it's like we we dumb white people don't appreciate how beloved this movie is for so mm-hmm. many people. That mm-hmm. and there's a good reason. This is a good damn movie. I mean, it's a it's a sports movie. It's a coming of age movie. It's a romance. About, you know, a guy and a girl who grow up together, both playing basketball. And then, you know, their the relationship, are they just friends? And then, like, they get together, but should they be together? And, like, you know, he wants to go pro, but she doesn't have the same options because she's a woman. And it's like, like, it treats their relationship seriously, their goals, and women athletes. That's, like, the thing I want to underline. It treats women athletes as equals. And they don't make a big deal like it's not one of these oh and then when she retires she can be his basketball wife mm-hmm. it's like no she loves her sport she is going to keep playing it and just yeah ah oh, that warms my little heart <sighs> yeah it's definitely beloved for sure and i'm sad i did not get to it i definitely want to check it out soon because i am a sucker for a nice romantic movie and mm-hmm. i'm also a sucker for a sports movie so it feels like this would be right up my alley yeah, and Omar Epps, I mean, he's got a ton of charisma, so now Lathan, same. And they have, like, really good chemistry. Mm. So it's like, yeah, the whole time, it's just, it felt really believable to me. And, like, you know, we're going to hit a couple sports cliches here and there and a couple romantic cliches here and there. Sure. But they're not, 
they're not as egregious as you would expect, you know. Well, and that's running off the court after the big game to chase her down. Wait, I actually love you. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what you want. You know, there are certain types of movies and certain types of cliches that when you get into it, you want that. You want to see that, I think. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't go that far. Right. But, you know, you know where there's likely to be conflict. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, this I, I've said before, I'm I'm not a big person for romance movies. You have to have something else mixed in, like to get my attention. Like we talked about Keeping the Faith, which is mostly a comedy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is mostly a coming of age sports movie. Mm-hmm. But like, damn, it's just everyone's just really like believable and well rounded and I ended up caring about them and the movie felt like the movie cares too, which Sometimes it doesn't. Mm. Sometimes you know that whatever it is the characters do, it's just something. It's just something for them to do. It's just an excuse. You know, someone's always an architect or an ad exec or something. True. Like, this movie fucking cares about basketball. I liked it. I was pleasantly surprised. Loving basketball, y'all. And and uh, a movie that'll make me feel very. Uh, I don't know, ADD, dumb. Like, I hated this film, but it's number oh, one at the box really? office. Well, really? uh, uh, there's certain aspects to this genre that still, like, don't take hold of me at all. I, I do oh, not wait, have... Oh, we've, wait, we've talked about the subgenre. Yeah, mm-hmm. the subgenre. It's a micro-genre. Mm-hmm. The yeah, subgenre. Intercapped. Uh, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey, Bill Paxton, Harvey Keitel, Thomas Christian, and, of course, John Bon Jovi. <laughs> U571. The last great war. All ahead two thirds. All ahead two thirds, huh? A group of young Americans was sent to overpower a Nazi submarine. The S-33 will rendezvous with a U-boat posing as the German resupply sub. And steal a secret that could turn the tide of battle. It'll be alright, son. Go, 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 go. Get them their damn trophy and you get the hell out of there. I found it! But just when they thought the mission was over, success, gentlemen, they lost their ride home. What the fuck is? Look, I think that the reality is I was introduced to the best submarine movie of all time, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, and everything has been <laughs> worse ever since. To me, sub movies are all plays, <laughs> where all the action is taking place in a distant universe that they're telling me is outside. But mm-hmm. there's no connection with the characters. I, I yeah, it's it's it, everyone is a big giant blind spot for me. Either I've seen it and don't like it, from Hunt for Red October to K nineteen, The Widowmaker, Das Booty Call, all that shit. I I have never enjoyed any of these. Huh. huh. And but but like it it has its fans. It's why like every couple every seven or so years Hollywood will make a sub movie and people show up. It's true. Is a subgenre that seems to appeal to people. LOL. I'm not sure why. I mean, I love, I, I really like this movie quite a bit, and I really like Hunt for Red October, and I don't have mm-hmm. a strong feeling about submarines in general, but there is a like population of people who just absolutely love submarine films. Mm-hmm. It's very strange mm-hmm. to me. <laughs> well, I think it allows for I, a I lot, a lot larger performances in a military movie because it's mm-hmm. typically people sweaty and screaming with good lighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, without ha- actually having to do a single stunt. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just sort of the the idea of the oh the outside pressure that they're just driving around. They can't see anything. It's not like they're looking out windows right. and have to and, rely on maps and, 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 and sonar nobody, and sneaking up on guys. And nobody's going around flying a nuclear plane. 
Like, mm, yeah, like, yeah. If your if your shit is touched in the wrong way, you all go up, and not yep. in a good way. No, I mean, yeah, U five seven one. I mean, as a history nerd, it is so historically inaccurate that they were having <laughs> arguments in Parliament about it <laughs> because they were super mad that they Americanized this story and had them trying to. The whole point is that they're trying to steal one of the Enigma machines which was like the secret german code machines and uh the brits had already done that and they just make up this you know they americanize the story they throw in a bunch of bullshit characters and some based on real people and yeah they just cut the brits out of it and it's like dude if we didn't have the brits they cracked enigma way before we would have them and uh polish cartographers i saw the imitation game i know all about stuff also there's a really cool ted talk about how smart the enigma machine is and like how many billion combinations it has it was really well designed i I gotta give them that but yeah so this one is first it's you know a i mean it's kind of a heisty movie and it's also a sub-genre kind of movie it's also a you know uh a hunt for red october like stealthy hunting movie and then like they get on board the german sub and they have to take that back and then it's about like oh no our own guys might blow us up it's fine like it's okay Mm -hmm. it's it's enjoyable to watch like it goes along it's got some good action from you know people running through tubes real fast yes i guess yeah. Mm-hmm. um yeah i mean as sub movies go yeah it's okay yeah it's not hunt for red october or dust boat any of the cuts which there are like at least three <laughs> but uh it's fine yeah you know it's like another one is yeah it's fine okay it, it, yeah yeah there's not much more to say beyond that, like, honestly. No, there's yeah. not even that much yeah. more in this decade. Like, so I'm just it, letting Diana spin out. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, if it happens to be on, yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, to search it out, I don't I don't know if I would do that. But and I got yeah, I to yeah, say, I, go- streaming, I, go- I googled Heather Graham and committed. Uh, she's giving that ring finger bird finger in, like, the publicity shots, too. like And on the red carpet. Mm-hmm. This girl is committed <laughs> oh, to this geez. role. Holy shit. Uh, sorry, that's right. I'm distracted by Heather Graham. Uh, you'll understand that if you it's were fair. a straight man. Yeah, in 2000, mm-hmm. most people were. No, but, I still uh, think she's yeah. wonderful. I U571, like her a lot. Fine. Um, it's fine. This is going to segue into plug, but I don't mean it to. Because Homeboy's mm. got about two years left of being an up-and-coming actor before he ruins his whole career. ABC TV movie Trapped in, in a Purple Haze, starring Jonathan Jackson, Joe Beth William, and Hayden Christensen, who I remember when the world loved. But having <laughs> to record the Sick of Star Wars Attack of the Clones episode, like, man, this dude did not does not deserve the fucking heat on him. I miss yeah. Hayden Christensen. He was given a very bad script that people... T- for some reason, obsess over and watch a billion times. But here he is, entrapped in a purple haze, an ABC yes. movie. Tribute. It's... Come on, oh, no. Now. <laughs> Come on, Max. Please. I'll let you paint me naked. Did you get any sleep last night, Max? All I want is to make you feel good. What's that, Coke? Something better. She's not the real problem, is she? Why do you have to be with someone like that? That's the choice he made. But he didn't make that choice because he's happy. Something's wrong. I really need it. Yes, we have yet another uh, warning children away from drugs uh, television event today. Uh, Trapped in the purple haze. Uh, 
Yeah, you the, leave Jimi Hendrix out of this. <laughs> I know that's truly not fair. Yeah, this is um, not even about weed. Yeah. Why call it Purple Haze? It's just it, they're, apparently they're doing heroin, which I guess what? that's something that teenagers were getting into. That into guy's that. he's getting an eight ball of heroin. Well, what? it leads to that eventually. Okay, oh. but yeah, the oh. cl- that promo clip was not your typical trailer because it was just like cuts of everything but i wanted to grab it just so you could see exactly how dramatic it was and mm. i mean she did say he w- she was gonna let him paint her naked so you know i i, I just I, yeah, I just yeah. i just turned 40 and like the idea of a woman trading nudity for me for anything just seems so ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? I don't know. Like, try food well, first. <laughs> also, in 2020, that seems to be ridiculous, too, considering. Yeah. Um, I have all porn ever made on my phone right uh, now. Yeah. 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 Do, you have, do you have a digital code for, like, a, a, like, the, like, the Rise of Skywalker or something? Like, I <laughs> could use that more than I could use your nudity. <laughs> <laughs> Boring. Boring. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's a good contrast, I guess, with the the cartoon All Starts to the Rescue that this was mm-hmm. when designer drugs, as they called them, were coming in. And, and I have never had a single friend hurt by marijuana itself. Maybe the lifestyle. But, mm. you know, whatever. There's, there's some benefit to working at Target and watching cartoons all your life. I'm almost there. I love it. Uh, but, but designer mm. drugs, like... Uh, I, a little more permanent scarring there. And this was a weird time where I was doing a lot of that stuff too. And mm. uh, I could see why the adults are really scared. And now the kids don't do drugs at all. This is weird. <laughs> yeah, It's so weird. They it's just so weird. vape. Yeah. Ooh. The jewel up. Nah, man. You, dude, try this Molly, friend. Come on. Uh, and there are no games out this week. None. Oh, and that is, uh, if you want to hear more talk about Hayden Christensen, patreon.com slash laser time this week. Attack of the Clones is next in the Star Wars docket. And that movie is, there aren't, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have words yet. Like it is, I'm enjoy, I'd enjoyed watching it more than Phantom Menace because I've seen that more, but like it, good Lord. Hayden, poor Hayden Christensen is all I can think of. He was an adult, so I don't feel as bad about him as I do Jake Lloyd, but like that dude sacrificed his whole career for George Lucas and it's not there. He's a fine actor. And speaking of people gone before their time, Elliot Smith will close out of the 2000 segment with happiness from Elliot Smith. And we will be right back with 2010. Stay tuned because I want to talk about oh, my Gateway Community episode. Hello, fellow nerf herders. Did you not like Last Jedi, Rise of the Skywalker, or would you just prefer a majority of Star Wars fans take a slow walk into a volcano? What I'm saying is, are you sick of Star Wars? Well, I thought I was, but my co-hosts Jeremy and Adam beg to differ. Except when they don't. Get ready for a whole lot of love, a whole lot of hate, and a whole lot of geeky therapy in our new series, Sick of Star Wars with a Big Giant Question Mark, exclusively available at patreon.com slash laser time. Here's a little taste. My monkey. George Lucas might have made the most wonderful anti-capitalist movie we've ever seen hey. and be enjoyed by millions. I respect that. Part. And and we'll never but we also in our current reality will never get anything like that from Disney again that challenges things on the level that Phantom Menace is starting with from Disney ever again. Mm-hmm. So 
I hate this fucking movie. <laughs> but, but like, I hate the one of the newer movies for different reasons and yeah, because it's right. bad art. But so, but this is bad art for different reasons with good intentions. Whereas that one, I don't think came from a place of good intentions. It came from a place of pandering and appeasement and mm-hmm. and, and trying to make the most money possible oh, by, yeah. by trying to rock the fewest boats. Mm-hmm. This movie, sorry, Jeremy, you. You no. go. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're, you you nailed it. I've, I've pretty much got to the point in mind. You go. The, 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 the reason why. Because you know more about the history of this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, well, I mean. And I did, uh, who did in 1999? Like, I was yeah. I, I, sh- I was in college. I should have known better than both of you. And now I understand, <laughs> like, it's the, the like Trade Federation is like an analogy for, like, ancient Carthage. If anybody even remembers ancient Carthage. They were. Is that what I have between my bones? Yeah. <laughs> I went to this movie to watch lightsabers and, and fucking. <laughs> Oh, that's sick of Star Wars. Available exclusively at patreon.com slash lasertime, along with weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive bonus podcasts, and more for just five bucks. Sick of Star Wars, an angst-ridden podcast saga told in nine parts. Listen long and prosper. This is so wizarding. Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner, where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of April 17th through 23rd, two recommends from way the fuck back in the day. Uh, let's start with 90 years ago this week in 1930, saw release of two good movies from 1930. And I'll be honest, 1930 is kind of a weak year because they're moving into sound and like they haven't fully figured it out yet, like from silence. So the movies can be paced real bad and wonky but there's two that are worth watching uh we'll start with all quiet on the western front uh from 1930 which won like the second oscar third oscar for best picture and is still probably the best version of that that's ever been filmed it's a solid movie very moving and kind of a neat oddity from 1930 90 years ago king of jazz which is also bing crosby's debut and it was made with this like super early technicolor so it has like this really distinct look to it. Like it's mostly musical. There's black and white segments, but then the color scenes, which must have been like super mind blowing in 1930. Cause remember it's nine years before like Wizard of Oz. And you think about how mind blowing that must have been when they opened the door and you know, Oz is all in color. King of Jazz has this weird tint to everything that's just like, I don't know. It's like they're going through teal glass. So it's, it, it looks so different than anything you've ever seen because it's a completely different process for making color film they hadn't perfected yet it's all on youtube so you know you can just watch chunks of it and it's pretty fun my actual recommend for this week though is 75 years ago this week april 18th 1945 we lost ernie Pyle, who was 44 and he was a reporter who went down um not doing the big picture stuff during the war but the little picture like down with the guys and wrote a column about it and they made a movie about him probably being filmed right about the same time that he dies that will be released in June starring Burgess Meredith called The Story of G.I. Joe. It's not that G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe is in any general infantry schmuck. And considering that it's like being made before they knew like, oh, we're at the end of the war. It's it's an inspirational in that it's like our boys are coming together and fighting. But it's also like kind of just interesting and like different. It's that it's a war movie not about this battle or that battle or this objective but about like day-to-day life 
and coping. And obviously glosses over everything and makes everything look pie in the sky. But it's a solid watch. And Burgess Meredith, I mean, guy had like a 60-year career. And I don't think he was ever bad once. So that's my actual recommend for this week. Story of G.I. Joe from 1945. Plus, eh, screw it, King of Jazz from 1930. Because it's on YouTube, so why not? And that's it for this week. Stay classic. Coming into 2010 with Apples and Stereo Dance Floor off of Travelers in Space and Time. Oh, man. They're back. Almost coast to coasters here on 3020. Wow. Apples and Stereo have uh, an album debuting 10 years to the day. Uh, yes. Uh, their previous album. Pretty neat if you can sign that up. But also, you should work a little harder. More than one album every 10 years. Looking at, <laughs> looking at you, gorillas. Somebody give me gorillas email. <laughs> uh, we, uh, welcome to 2010, April 17th to the 23rd. We got some new releases. The fourth and final studio album by Hole, Nobody's yeah, Daughter. Speaking of taking time. No <laughs> mm, kidding. Uh, uh, Courtney Love had to wait to see how many producers she could fire. Uh, mm. Queen of Denmark by John Grant. Uh, My Best Friend is You by Kate Nash. Hang cool. That's actually a really good album, by the way, My Best Friend is You. Mm-hmm. And just FYI, Kate Nash is the... She's a singer, songwriter, obviously, but she also plays the very British lady on uh, Glow. Oh. The red-haired, very British wrestler. Wow, I no thought her kidding. accent was fake. Yep. <laughs> yep. Nope, her accent is very real, and you can hear it in her singing, which is sometimes doesn't happen with British singers, but hmm. her her songs are very, very Oh, British. man, she is so funny, too. Yeah, she's great. I'm going to pick this up now. Um, you also have Hang Cool Teddy Bear by Meatloaf, which I are... I get that reference! Uh, really? Those are words I just read for the first time, and I'm just assuming that's something for his daughter. No. No? No, that's actually Beyond the Valley of the Dolls line. No shit. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, all right. Freaks me out. Uh, Rise Up by Cypress Hill is also out this week. Long Live the Kings by the Cottonmouth Kings. Infestation by by Rat? Really? Rat yep. has an album out Still in 2010. Still going. Wow. Uh, I, I saw Rat live and also Cold Day Memory by Seven Dust. I saw Rat live around the same time and he and he was dressed like Parappa the Rapper. I'm like, dude, this is embarrassing. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Just be a cock rock band. Just like uh, be a dad. You look silly. And I, it, oh, just the guy from Rat. Does anybody here smoke weed? <laughs> Whoa. Please sing round and round what we call in Florida the fair song. Please sing, the, please sing the county fair song. Uh, Rude Boy by Rihanna is still number one. Uh, news of 2010, uh, April 17th to the 23rd. The Deepwater Horizon oil platform explodes, killing 11 oh. and dumping 5 million barrels of oil in the Gulf of Mexico. It was made into a movie called Shooter with Mark Wahlberg. I could have that incorrect. <laughs> No, but it was based on the largest oil spill in history, uh, and in 2015, a judge ordered BP to pay the largest fine ever, 18, $18.7 billion. That is, mm-hmm. by the way, that is uh, at least, hold on, I am really bad at math today. That is at least four star four Lucasfilms. They, <laughs> <laughs> okay. That Did not know where you were going with that. For Lucasfilms, yeah. BP had yeah. to pay. And BP is what it's the weirdest thing. I remember overnight in our town, all the gulfs disappeared and became BPs. 
this destroyed their brand to when I yeah. came back to Florida, like everything was a gulf again. Like we, so my family, you know, I'm from, uh, Pensacola and so is my family and we were kind of at ground zero for all of that. Oh. And, oh. um, you know, I have family members who live along the Gulf coast, along the beach on the Gulf coast, um, just West of here, which was ground zero. And like, a lot of people got pieces of that uh, fine from BP because so many of their businesses were affected. So, mm. like, I had a cousin who was like a wait a waitress at like a coastal restaurant, and she got a BP settlement like check because you know tourism was so badly affected in the area. And I mean, we would go down to the beach, and I mean, there would be tar balls like washing up on the uh beach and people were going around trying to pick it up it was a very very scary time and And it kept going for so long though i remembered it kept going and going and going i did not realize they didn't seal it until september Uh and we (sighs) like right after that happened actually uh i took a family trip with my parents and my sister and we actually went to Panama City and did like a dolphin cruise where you could like jump off the boat and like swim with the dolphins just because we kind of felt like this may be the last time we could ever do this again. Mm. And it was like very depressing. Mm. Yeah, it was bad. It was very, very bad. Mm-hmm. Damn you Brits and your petroleum. But uh, I think who we need to talk about is the defective cement presided by Halliburton. Mm. Uh. Yep, and your usual cost cutting and not having adequate safety systems, and that mm-hmm. makes the thing fucking blow up. And those poor eleven people all lost their lives immediately. And it, then it, it's, it's, on top of that, it fucked the entire Gulf of Mexico. It's an it's almost enough t- to make you think that uh, the country's run by a bunch of amoral robber barons who worship money <gasps> instead of Jesus. Uh, but, but you have to remember they also have aligned with racists. So big news in Arizona this week. Arizona implements the toughest immigration bill in the country, letting cops uh, to demand papers from anybody at any time. Uh, judge blocks it from going into effect, but most of it is struck down by the Supreme Court. And I'll mm-hmm. say ellipses for now, because I have no idea who that guy is appointing right now. But I'm sure it'll be nothing but red meat to people who love simple solutions to complicated problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I yeah, this was a fun time because I was uh, working in corporate event management at the time, and we had a program that was in Arizona, and uh, a couple of us said, we're not traveling there. Mm-hmm. We just said, no. I know that's an incredibly minor thing, but I'm going to boycott Arizona. Why? Because Arizona is the Florida of the West. That's why. Yeah, I think they should. I think we should campaign to move the Grand Canyon. That's <laughs> We should yeah. move it to a nicer state. Even like... A- I- even like fine Nebraska, let's do that. Or or have it annexed by Mexico. That'd be hilarious. I'd be fine with Mexico taking <laughs> that back. Just do it. I've seen, you know how big the ants are there? They're like really big. <laughs> They're not like regular ants. Yeah, but they might still have a Flintstones theme park. So I don't know. Arizona, there's, we got one good thing going for you. One! Uh, 2010 movies. Not a better Arizona. Uh, April 17th to the 23rd. How to Train Your Dragon is still number one at the box office. And I am Yay. A-OK with that. Uh, behind the Burly Q, starring Tempest Storm, Blaze Star, Kitty West, Taffy O'Neill, and Alan Alda. This sounds like a lot of porn stars <laughs> in Alan Alda. What's happening here, Diana? <laughs> um, this is a, a documentary about burlesque dancers. And oh. Alan Alda is in there because his dad was a comic and straight man right. between oh, wow. strippers. Right. 
But I just love seeing how do you, this how do you get the How do you get the tassels Blaze. to do that? All, all in a circle like that. That's crazy. I like that. Blaze Star <laughs> and Kitty West and Adam. Ellen, Ellen. Oh, my God. That's so funny. It's supposed to be pretty good. Uh, it's directed by Robert Zemeckis' wife. So you can be 300 pounds and still be a nude dancer. I really like that. And I think that's, that's incredible. <laughs> that's... <laughs> I'll save you any more of my Alan Alda. Uh, the City of Your Final Destination is out this week, a movie I've never heard of with Anthony Hopkins, Omar Metwali. I like that name. Laura Linney, uh, Charlotte Gainsbourg. Um, yeah, so this is based on the novel. It didn't get especially good reviews, and it is a bummer because it's the, it's the first Merchant Ivory movie, I think, since Merchant died. Merchant mm-hmm. and Ivory were a duo producer and director. Um and, it wasn't. Uh, I, I, I was shocked to learn that the, the name of Merchant Ivory wasn't purposely hoity-toity. No, it was <laughs> their names. It's James it's Ivory and Ishmael Merchant. Yeah. It sounds so fancy, but they did like Room with a View and Howard mm-hmm. Zinn and fancy mm-hmm. type movies. Um, but Merchant passed away and uh, James Ivory kept going. And then he like got into a fight with Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins said he mm-hmm. didn't get paid. For this movie but, specifically, yeah. Yeah, which is, that's a bummer. But then, I, uh, but then James Ivory came back and he did the screenplay for Call Me By Your Name and it's fucking great. So, oh wow, how do you get? He still got Hop- it in him. I forgot about that. The only yeah, thing and I- he's like eighty and he captured young love so perfectly. What the That's fuck? That's crazy. Well, I, I actually know- watched this movie. Oh, you did? Yeah. Wow, it's I on Prime. It. It's on Prime. Oh, I missed it. Yeah, and um, I liked it honestly. I mean, yeah. it's a Merchant Ivory film. It's very talky talky, but it's all set in Uruguay. Did I say that okay. right? No, it's you are gay. It's definitely you are gay. Oh, okay, thanks. Um, and uh, it's just like beautiful settings, and the story of it is pretty interesting. It's about a author, um, Omar Metwali plays a uh, college professor who wants to write the, a biography of an author who had only written one book, um, oh. and he, but he needed to get permission from the guy's family because he died. He needed to get the permission from the guy's family, so he travels to Uruguay to try to convince them to let him write this biography. So Anthony Hopkins plays the dead author's brother, and Laura Linney plays the widow, and Charlotte Gainsbourg plays the uh, mistress. And they mm-hmm. all live together in this like compound in Uruguay, and it's like Omar oh. Metwali trying to character trying to convince them to let him write this biography and honestly i found it to be very enjoyable um oh. but you know it's very talky sam called it um mumblecore for pbs people <laughs> 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 which i think yeah. is a kind of perfect way to mm-hmm. characterize that but yeah it's i loved it honestly i have like so many other merchant ivory movies and yeah uh-huh. i just sort of fell off paying attention well, probably in the early two thousands. So, okay, it sounds um, it it sounds like it's visually soothing. It is. It absolutely is. And okay. I mean, a big part of that is Laura Linney. She's just so great. She's I awesome. love her so much. So, and she's great. wonderful in this. Okay. All right. Well, now that I know where it is, I I might actually check it out now. And Go s- for it. Speaking um, of visually soothing, uh, not to mm-hmm. be confused with the Paper Man I like the Disney short. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Daniels, Emma Stone, Ryan Reynolds, Lisa Kudrow, and Kieran Culkin, Paper Man. This is another one where it's like a lot of the reviews were like, well, we're so close to something great, but we're we're not hitting it. So Jeff Daniels is a writer with writer's block who has like an imaginary friend in Ryan Reynolds as a superhero. Oh, God. And, and he's like in, on the 
down the shore in Long Island or something and meets local teenager Emma Stone. And it sounds odd. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say awful. Um, it sounds a little, oh, it sounds pretty twee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds pretty twee. I, it, yeah. Usually I try to find like a good review and a bad review and see where they agree or disagree. And it's like, I, so few reviews for this. And everyone was sort of like, well, they tried. <laughs> oh. Okay. I, All right. I cannot imagine a cast like this now not getting a fucking a, a review at least. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes well, that happens where you know something small and independent. It it does it shows up at a bunch of festivals and um no one thinks they can make money off it and they don't bid on it. Doesn't get much of a release and it just sort of disappear. Yet hmm. Horleywood was willing to bet whole hog on what I think is the last movie to star Demi Moore that I can remember. <laughs> Gary Cole, Amber Heard, David Duchovny, and Demi Moore in The Joneses. Is, is. Do the clients know how this works? Of course not. That's why it's called self-marketing. If people want you, they'll want what you've got. Gotta sell, sell, sell. Have you seen these new MP52 irons? Just added 40 yards to my drive. Very nice. Cool shirt, by the way. Under Armour. Sporting goods up 16%. Booyah. Where'd you get those shoes? What you want to create is a ripple effect. I could die. This seems disgusting. It seems like the story of an influencer before the internet. It's exactly, it's exactly what it is. Exactly what it is. The Joneses, yeah. not to be confused with keeping up with the Joneses. Also terrible. Or fun with Dick and Jane. Um, is about people who are literally, yeah, like... Vi- viral influencers who are hired to pose as a family and secretly sell things to all their neighbors. I, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen, Dave. This club is really great. Like uh, our timesheet says, you spent seven hours selling a single club. Um, yeah, this, we're gonna have to yeah. reorganize. Like, there's there's no way this works out. Yeah. There's, there's, he's and, not using and, the internet. He's doing it in person. Yeah, and yet this is based on a real thing that I used to mm-hmm. see all the time in San Francisco of people near the cable car turnaround or somewhere else where they're tourists around asking me to take their picture with their phone and then start talking about their phone. And I realized, oh my God, you are on the clock right now trying wow. to sell this phone. It was usually an attractive young woman. Oh my gosh. And I saw, I would see them a couple different times because I worked nearby. And sometimes I would stop and like actually pretend to talk with about them with the phone like ask questions and i am in the market for a new phone because i figured more engagement like they'll Mm -hmm. probably make more money and then some of the times i would just speed past them super super fast because it's like no 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 no. this should not be how you sell things no i do not want to encourage you Mm -hmm. but that would you they probably still do do that of just have someone do I said do-do. And, 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 yeah. and it just seems genuinely evil. Like, these are all real brands. So you're also watching this movie that is selling you shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's true, too. I mean, this so this movie is on Prime. Um, yeah. And I watched it. And it's not perfect. Um, yeah. But it is interesting. And mm-hmm. it's a very interesting concept. And it definitely addresses the morality of what they're doing and in yeah. a and i think in an interesting way i think it's an effective movie for sure and honestly i give it a light recommend because um i think the acting's good and mm-hmm. i i just find the concept to be very very interesting and kind of ingenious yeah it was it was interesting in that like they don't tell you what that they don't start out with this conceit you just see this family moving in mm-hmm. and 
they have sort of weird behavior between them. Like, oh, Demi Moore and David Duchovny are so loving, but they don't kiss goodnight. He goes to sleep in his own room. And you're like, what? And then, like, his daughter tries to get with him. And you're like, what? And then, yes, we find out, oh, yeah, no, they're not a real family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, uh, what? Yeah. Yep. This is, they are marketing ploy. It's pretty interesting, I think. I think yeah. it's it's a light recommend for sure. Mm. Yeah, I was like, I I feel like if I had gotten to see Paper Man, I'd probably feel about the same way of like, well, I didn't waste my time. That was interesting. Right. There's probably a better version of this out there somewhere, mm-hmm. but in the meantime, like, oh, that was a pretty good movie. Oof. You know what sucks ass? What's that? Hmm. The next movie. Yes, mm. that's what it looks like to me. Uh, oh God, Anthony Anderson, Melissa McCarthy, Elise Cox, Jennifer Elise Cox, uh, Donald Loge, Noreen DeWolf. Alex O'Loughlin and Jennifer Lopez in the backup plan. Zoe's new boyfriend thinks he's met one hot mama. Oh. The problem is, he's right. I'm pregnant. How did this happen? I've been inseminated. It was before I met you. You had no idea. On April 23rd. How are we feeling? Sometimes love happens. What's it like, the whole kid thing? It's awful, awful, awful. Ow. When you're most expecting. And then a small moment happens. That makes it all worthwhile. Dada. What do you have here, son? Poo-poo. The Backup Plan. Ready, PD. <laughs> Can you guess what song's popular right now? Because you'll hear about it in the next segment. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Is this still that fucking silly of a concept i have dated more women with children in the last two years than i have without oh but she just got pregnant like that day i've done that too so (laughs) what i just i sorry it just doesn't seem like wow what a nutty concept to a movie i can't imagine talking someone into dragging them into this because i know plenty of people have been through this this is so ridiculous yeah i don't know like that i don't know we're we're just talking from the last segment about getting out of this like uptight chased horse shit and here we are like could you could you possibly date another woman infected with another male seed wouldn't that be hilarious (laughs) like i don't know sorry i know it's it's like dating someone with a kid just you the kid hasn't shown up yet but it's it's pretty much the same thing yes and and you your date can't drink Mm -hmm. that's basically it no wine with dinner yeah i feel like plenty of people i mean here's here's how you actually solve this situation i really like you but this is a bit much for me right now i was not expecting to help you through a pregnancy i just thought we would start dating so how about we're friends for a while and then maybe somewhere down the line we can have a relationship yeah but we just met and oh this is a lot to throw at somebody okay i get it no no let's have wackety schmackety home birthings and shit (laughs) call me when your kid (laughs) goes to college (laughs) send and yeah i this looks abysmal it looks it looks like almost it's such a stupid concept it seems tailored around jennifer lopez wanting to play something against her type and and more closer to her age and she is an incredibly hot mother by the way yeah it, it, that's it, true and she's she's actually pretty good in this she's I don't yeah, doubt she can it. actually carry off comedy pretty well oh yeah and i'd like sure. to see her in better comedies because this she, is she be charming really i feel dumb. that way about her all the time yeah. usually i wish it was a better movie that she was in speaking of yeah. people who are great on snl jennifer fucking lopez she's mm-hmm. fucking awesome yeah. on that show and doesn't doesn't do anything in the theater that would make me want to go see it ever mm. Uh, and then th- this movie, which I also did mm. not see, uh, 
Oscar Junior, Zoe Saldana, uh, Jason Patrick, Columbus Short, Chris Evans, Idris Elba, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, man, you can tell the comic book people don't have their shit together. The Losers. The CIA's most elite just became. The Losers know too much. Kill them. Their most wanted. That's not, like, foreboding at all. Want your life back? You're going to have to steal it. We are waging a war against the CIA. It's volatile. Are you sure you've done this before? Right now, not the time. The Losers, April 23rd. Snore. <laughs> Snore. <laughs> this movie is every cliche ever mm-hmm. about ragtag group of guys who... Either they have to go back for one last score or, oh, they've been abandoned by their government and they're going to fight their way back or they're going to take down the bad guy. I think we have this fucking AT movie in a couple weeks. Yep. It's pretty much the same goddamn thing. And this, we've this... had the Expendables. It's just the same goddamn thing. There is not one original idea in this whole fucking movie. I, I, Everything I, I, I... that happens in it, just they should just flash on the screen. Doesn't this look cool? I, I don't want to be too oh, esoteric so here, dumb. but this shit is fucking ball fondlers. This is the ball fondlers <laughs> movie. That's all this is. It's missing an alligator. God damn it. It, it. it feels really weird for Chris Evans to be part of an ensemble franchise stab in 2010, knowing yeah. what's about to happen. Holy <sighs> shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it sucked. And yeah, I mean, it's from a comic book and it's a dc uh, technically it's a dc comic movie there so oh no cap what's happening i'm confused uh yeah how many avengers we got in here we got a bunch of avengers in here everyone's an (laughs) avenger now jesus christ uh Uh, we got the comedian sucked yeah you got the comedian you got uh so is aldana and, and, is uh, Idris Elba's in there too, and mm-hmm. he's in he's in the Thor movies. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, the, wow. this it sucked. It really sucked. This is one I think I watched on a bad movie Sunday and thought sucked, and I was like, I, it was so forgettable that I forgot I saw it, and then I started watching it again. I was like, wait, I've seen this movie. I've seen this movie eighteen times, just <laughs> under different titles. It doesn't have an original thought in its fucking body. The loser <laughs> sucked. Appropriate name. Yeah, <laughs> glad I skipped it. Yeah, uh, and then moving into television, which for me is a real high point here. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got to be honest; like, I saw one movie in this episode that has never happened to me in thirty twenty ten before. <laughs> never, wow, never. Um, and 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 the TV I'm all about, including hopefully someone else has something to say about it. But Matt Smith debuting as the new Doctor, mm-hmm. Doctor Who, yay, which is something I find. Incredible that I don't love, because I love Sherlock, made by the same people, and I grew up mm-hmm. loving Doctor Who, and I have never had the bug. I, I can't get bit by whatever poison Doctor Who is selling. I just don't get it. Yeah. And, and I don't hate... Well, I, newer I don't, Doctor Whos are pretty fun. Oh, no, I don't hate it, and I love every person involved. And like, and yeah. I've seen clips, but just like, man, these are long. <laughs> yeah, I watched the first couple of seasons of the new iteration um, when it, it it restarted all modern and stuff, and I think I watched through almost all of the David Tennant doctors, um, and I think this is where I just kind of fell off. But it's something that I always 
feel like, like, like you said, Antista, mm-hmm. like all the elements are there for this to be a thing that I would be extremely into, and it just doesn't. Yeah, and I, I don't. Say that, I don't me. just it say this to shit on fans. Like mm-hmm. I am baffled as to why I don't love this. Right. But uh, and, and I, but I also don't have anybody in my life right now like pushing it on me. I had one person back in like the mid aughts, and that was it. And, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I wish I knew more about Doctor Who and especially like more about Matt Smith, who really, really sucked in Terminator Genesis. Um, <laughs> and no. he was good uh, on the crown, though. Yes, very good. Yeah. And I was hinting earlier at the Kesha song. Kesha's TikTok is all the rage. She's performing it on SNL this week with your host, Ryan Phillippe, his first time hosting. Uh, really? Yes. This is, well, yeah. Ryan Phillippe. I what mean, is he promoting? Aha! This is the fun part because this is ah. based on the clip I have. What is Ryan Phillippe promoting? A movie. He's there promoting a movie that will be out next month, but it just so happens to be MacGruber. It is. Ah. It is the first SNL movie in ten years. It is also the last SNL movie for ten years. <laughs> if you grew up in the nineties, that should feel a little weird. You got like seven SNL movies and then one and then none. And mm. and MacGruber is fantastic. It is great. Sorry, we're, we'll talk about that in a few weeks. Uh, but he Ryan Phillippe is hosting because he is promoting MacGruber with Will Forte while Will Forte is still on SNL. So the monologue I thought was really funny. He comes out there, he's like, "Oh, it's a dream come true," and then he gets bombarded by SNL characters demanding to to have their own movie as well. <laughs> Target Lady, uh, Andy Samberg's Dick in a Box character comes out, and I love it when you can get something just by the sound. Uh, he'll be interrupted by another SNL character from 2010 who wants to be in their own movie. There are a bunch of characters on this show. They can't all get movies. They just... Uh, excuse me, Mr. Phillippe. <laughs> Can I help you? Uh, you were saying something about characters. I was just saying that they can't all suddenly say, where's my movie? Where is my movie? <laughs> Come on, DeAndre. You have to admit it'd be pretty hard to turn your sketch into a full-length movie. Magruba's only 90 seconds. <laughs> yeah. But it's been expanded into a rich story now. and He just gets blown up at the end. He gave away the ending. It's a tragedy, baby. And I guess to see. <laughs> If you don't get DeAndre and a what's up with that reference, please, <laughs> please fill that void that's missing in your life. The SNL yes. put three videos up that is every what up with that ever. It will take you one hour to watch. I couldn't look away. It was, I love it. It was so fucking fu- I love what up with that so much. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> Talk about podcast, podcast, podcast. Ooh, <laughs> I, I fucking love what up with that. And I cannot believe like. Keenan is still there and doesn't do it. He said he won't do it without everyone else. I need Will Forte pretending to, to pretending to do the robot and Jason Sudeikis dancing and Fred Armisen pretending to play the saxophone or I can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I cannot. I'm just saying I cannot wait to talk about MacGruber, a film that hopefully is about to finally get its due. And because it has a Hulu series coming mm-hmm. out. Uh, speaking of series getting their due, we haven't brought up yeah. every episode of this show, but it is now on Netflix. And yes. when you talk about Thank must you. see TV from 10 years ago, 
we talk about The Office and 30 Rock and Parks and Rec. Justifiably so. They are phenomenal. And I think part of the reason we think they're phenomenal is because they were available on streaming platforms very quickly. Community just arrived on Netflix now. That's so wild. It's it's because it's yep. owned by Sony and not NBC. And it was on Hulu for a while. It was on Hulu. It was on yeah, Hulu right. for a while, but it, t- it took a little yeah. while too because it has that awful Yahoo diversion. And, and like now, people I know are trying. Like, yeah, you were right about the community show. Like, yeah, it's canceled because you didn't <laughs> believe me when it, when I said it was great. And 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 maybe I think there's a laser time topic in in this. But like your your gateway episode, I mm. I got an advanced press kit for community because i i interviewed joel McHale immediately like part, one of my biggest face palms i don't know why i thought it was like the office and like so it's like the office and he's like no it's nothing like the office why would you think it's like the office and like <laughs> it looked like it was testimonials on camera i'm like no it's a multi sorry it's just the press kit i got it had it had it one or two testimonials from an episode about making fun of the style of the office mm. uh but community Dude, I've been watching it on Netflix since it came on like a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. This shit yep. holds up really well. And I yeah. hate saying this, but way, better than Arrested Development even. It's yeah. very, very good. Yeah. If I've been it. surprised. I've been binging some other shows. And then I went back and started on Community. And I was like, the joke to time ratio yes. is so fucking high. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. like any other show, there's three solid jokes in 90 seconds yes. and uh, chuckle at two laugh at one and community there are times i have to pause yes yeah. because there were 10 great jokes in 90 seconds mm-hmm. and i laughed so hard at all of them i missed a couple and i want to hear them again and there are visual jokes also walking yeah. past the camera you know in the background also the entire time as well so you just it's a feast so yeah. I, I i was like Again, if I never said that, talking about talking to Joel McHale, he's was one of the nicest guys and wasn't self deprecating, but seemed genuinely like afraid for his career. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he had like four children because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he seems he seemed very young and like he was one of the most like honest conversations I've ever had with a celebrity. And like I watched him and I'm like this is pretty good, but I also said that with The Office and Thirty Rock and uh, Parks and Rec, but I never really really loved those shows until streaming and that was that's what really bums me out because community just met that goal 10 Mm -hmm. years 10 years from this episode Mm -hmm. so my gateway like i was watching community i think tyler brought me back into it just because it was like you know i'm not wasn't really good with appointment viewing and this Mm -hmm. is the episode that made me a fan like okay i'll watch this every week it is contemporary (laughs) american poultry it is their Oh, I think I know. It is, is the best ever Goodfellas parody. Yes. And I'm talking to you, Animaniacs, Goodfeathers, and you, Mr. Show's Pallies. You are all fine Goodfellas <laughs> references. But like this, this But they're hi- not about chicken fingers. Yeah, this highlighted <laughs> highlighted what the show could really do while taking something very seriously. And like just man, like the directors were Justin Lin and the Russo brothers, who now bring us like the biggest blockbusters of all time, directing this small comedy with a lot of dialogue. It, it, this this episode is directed so fucking well, and it's about the the community college cafeteria keeps running out of chicken finger fingers, and everyone's pissed about it. And the gang comes up with a scam, and like, what is this episode going to be about? And it's just like immediate through a character like Abed, who allows parodies to just enter seamlessly into into community. Let's come. 
complain. Yeah. If we complain, he gets a warning and learns to be sneakier. I say we knock him out of the kitchen and replace him with one of our own all in one move. Then we're the ones with the chicken. It's like a mafia movie. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be in a mafia movie. Cool. That's exactly what it's like, Abed. And you get the... <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I, I, and then I I just heard Joel McHale in like a vulture symposium saying like, no, this is when I knew I loved the show too. When Abed said, as far back as I can remember, I wanted to be in a mafia movie. <laughs> and and, and it, it is, it is such a, like way more of a spot on parody of Martin Scorsese. Every single Goodfellas parody parodies Joe Pesci's character and maybe right. Ray Liotta's. And this is just like everyone's running around where they're playing like 1950s doo-wop as they're <laughs> as they're doing collegiate stuff. It's a great use of Derek and the Domino's Layla. Uh, <laughs> it, I, I don't know. It was that simple. At that moment, we stopped being a family and started being yeah. a family I in italics. <laughs> it's so good. This show is fantastic. Uh. And this, this to me is where the show really dug its fangs into me and I became a fan forever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That, One thing I have to say with binging it is Parks and Rec was a lot of fun to binge because so there were so many callbacks and like minor characters mm-hmm. from the town that like you started to really recognize. Right. There are so many callback jokes yeah. on Community. Yeah. That absolutely got completely lost on me watching it week to week. But you watch two or three in a row and all of a sudden it's like. Oh, yeah. You mentioned special drink. I remember what mm-hmm. special drink is. Yeah, why do I want to see a spinoff with Garrett? <laughs> I forgot what I'm supposed to be again. Like I, <laughs> 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 this, this show is so, – I, I, I don't know. I'm having a – it is my current quarantine binge. I cannot mm-hmm, recommend yep. this enough. If you ignored this, it is on Netflix. That means if you're listening, you probably have it according to our demos. And also according to our <laughs> demos, you're not commuting anymore or listening to the show. So tell a friend who might be. <laughs> but mm-hmm. also on out this week, Hamlet, the TV movie with David Tennant and Patrick Stewart. I, yep. We got I, a modern day uh, Hamlet on, uh, I think, Channel 4, the BBC, one of those. And then finally PBS runs it. And it's, yeah, it's fine. I'm, I'm always, anytime Patrick Stewart does anything with Shakespeare, yeah. I am down is he the, is he the and, one playing bob hamlet uh no he plays his dad uh bob hamlet senior <laughs> <laughs> and no he plays polonius um no is he polonius or is he claudius i think he's claudius never mind um yeah whatever i mean david Tennant is fine but patrick stewart is always someone who can like really sink his teeth in like he knows what he's saying and he knows where to punch it yeah you you want a guy who can convincingly say oh villainy that that that's patrick stewart <laughs> yeah. right there god damn And uh, uh, again, we'll talk more about the games on our Patreon game show because I really want to go in depth with some of these, especially something like Monster Hunter Try. Uh, I, in a very biased way, got on the Monster Hunter train a little early for an American, but it wasn't here with Monster Hunter Try, the first Monster Hunter ever on a Nintendo platform, even though I went to literally an event called Monster Hunter College uh, where I drank more than I have on this show. Oh, and, and it was college. You had was, to get up to shenanigans like the Boobatron 5000. When you but, spill bong water on it, it'll become sentient. I've never seen a that game. That was another community. I know. I, I've never <laughs> seen a game uh, where, where, where you need this much coaching in order to understand it. And that's frank, that, that a lot of that was shed in the new game. So it's nice that the whole world is now 
on board, as on board as Japan was with Monster Hunter, because I love that series. Also out this week, a game called Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper. Um, okay. Just, just so Fighting you, game? I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. That would be awesome. I always want to encourage people. Just, just punching and kicking. Just so you know, these are not copywritten characters, and you can make this game or story yourself anytime you'd like, and I encourage you to do just that. I also encourage you to support patreon.com slash laser time, which supports this show as well as the whole laser time network. Not unlike Teddy Rossi, which I'm sure he loves all this lefty liberal speak uh, <laughs> in your face, Teddy. I love you. Uh, uh, many other executive producers over at patreon.com slash laser time. Uh, this is my sole for- source of income during all of this stuff. And I can't say how much I appreciate people hanging in there. Cause I know things are tough out there. Things are tough in my own house uh, with, people I'm sharing it with and, and, and it means a lot that, that people are hanging in there, which is why we have kind of more Patreon stuff than ever. So we've got a 30, 2010 game show. That's all about the games. Uh, we have, we have a brand new show called sick of star Wars question mark, where we're a bunch of cynical star Wars fans go through all nine movies to see how much do we love of this? If 50% of it is controversial. You know, it's a weird thing to examine, and we also have bonus time this week talking to our buddy Chris Parker of uh, Blip Sounds, who contracted COVID but has a very positive story about how he's dealing with it. It's it's really much more optimistic than you'd expect, and hopefully we'll demystify this thing that is hanging over us uh, with a bunch of doom and or gloom. Uh, but a ton of other stuff coming to you from Patreon, um, and in addition to Laser Time this week where we're talking about forgotten film adaptations which I really just started wanting to talk about Indian in the Cupboard. <laughs> and uh, Sarah joined me for that, as, long, as well as T.L. Foster from uh, P&B Podcast. And I, I can't, it was such a fun episode. Thank you guys so much for doing that. Maybe our last non-quarantine episode for a while. Uh, but uh, yeah, thank you. And the Game Apocalypse will be all new this week. And maybe, if you cross your fingers, a new episode of Elm Street Nightmare. I don't know. Lizzie's feeling a little creaty. If you like our my friend Lizzie, I just want to plug Glowing Stars is doing something right now, and I don't know what, but I love that band, the Glowing Stars. Who knows? They might be coming back with something new. Uh, Di, where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter at listenernerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow the show at 302010 podcast 202010 podcast. And man, I wish things had lined up a little bit better with the chicken fingers episode because we might be talking about Goodfellas sometime. <laughs> uh, I, w- I meant to tease it earlier, but Bugs Bunny's debut as with a new voice actor who is not Mel Blank is very technically Cartoon All Stars The Rescue. It is in a movie coming out very soon and never mind very soon. And I, I wish I want to hold a contest for it, but it's too easy to look up, but it's, it's not where you'd expect it to be. I'm just saying, I love Joe Dante. Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know about. you do. I know you do. I um, love that movie. I can't wait. Anyway, you want to talk about dead people and born people? Please. Sure. All right. Well, I fucked up last week. I did not mention in 1990, we lost Ryan White, who was 18. Um, He was a little kid who got AIDS uh, through a blood transfusion because he's a hemophiliac. And by having this incredibly wholesome child to, to, you know, put a face to some of the panic about AIDS and stuff, I really went a long way in 
you know, increasing AIDS awareness and destigmatizing it uh, and not making it the gay plague anymore. Mm-hmm, and the Ryan mm-hmm. White Care Act, it's the kind of the last resort for uh, AIDS funding and treatment. If someone has no insurance, they're not covered by Medicare or Medicaid or whatever. Um, it helps something like a third of all AIDS patients get their drugs and is still wow. going to this day. $2.5 billion last year. Holy smokes. Yeah. Uh, if it weren't for Ryan White and the Ryan White Care Act, AIDS would be a way huger problem in this country. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, we did talk about the TV movie about him, unfortunately, which is mm-hmm. Judith Light last mm-hmm. year, which had the ad that made me laugh so hard. And I feel bad about it. <laughs> remember, now. remember where he's like, why can't I go to school? What are the kids afraid of? And she goes, AIDS. <laughs> Anybody uh, screaming AIDS is going to be funny now. That's how far past it. Not far past yeah. it we are. But no, poor kid. I mean, he's just a kid. He's already got problems and he's born with hemophilia, which is already like dangerous because your blood doesn't clot. And then they have to treat that with blood products. And uh, and he got HIV that way. Yeah. It sucks. He was only 18. But yeah. someone who lived a nice long life in 1990, died this year, uh, this week, was Paulette Goddard, who is 79. She was in Charlie Chaplin movies. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And also the same week we lost Ralph Abernathy. He was only 64, though. Um, he Not another Abernathy. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. This is probably important. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say uh, he took charge of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference after MLK was shot where he was at the time. He, he was there when MLK was shot. Oh, wow. Um, he was a really important civil rights activist that we don't hear enough about. Uh, and he was a bit of a badass. And Ralph Abernathy is pretty cool. Sorry. Hmm. Sorry for making fun of your voice, Abernathy. I'm sure you don't sound like... It is a fancy-sounding name. Yeah. Very much so. But I promise he doesn't sound like Whoa. Jim Backus from Gilligan's Island. It's, it's almost Or impossible. maybe he did. That'd be great. I don't know if I've heard him talk. I think I have. But I it have would be a dream. funny. <laughs> Could, that might help racism, honestly. Oh, man. If you had black activists that sounded as white as fucking possible. <laughs> now we're getting into weird sorry to bother you thing, but. True, true. It would it would fuck up some uh, some rednecks. They're like, what you doing there, boy? And they're like, well, I'm trying to get my yacht down to the marina. Right. And it'd be a good trade off for the uh, Just a Bill guy who died a few months ago and found out was miraculously white. What? Like, what? <laughs> yes. Huh. I'm just wow. a Bill. It's a total white guy. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, Dinah, who, who be Bubba ba birth? Oh, birthday is a doodly doo, a ding dong doodly doodly ding dong doo. All right, we're eyeing a roll for the third week in a row. We have someone who was born during this show. Mm. And I'm on a roll winning over Sarah, I think, the whole year. Uh, All right. Uh, oh. I don't know. Anyway, turning 30. Born April 23rd, 1990 in Harrow, London. His parents were Indian expats from Nairobi. Dev Patel. That's what I was going to say. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. I kind of wanted to leave out the Indian just to see how long I could go. Oh, man. It's tough because literally we've only talked about one thing he's in, and it's Slumdog Millionaire, which is his first movie. So there's not a lot I could do. Newsroom, I would have got it. That's fair. Yeah. Anyway, let me read the rest of this anyway. He acted in high school. He is a black belt in Taekwondo, though. So oh, even shoot. though he's he's skinny, he could fuck you up. He got his first job answering a newspaper ad that his mom spotted, and that got him on skins for two seasons. Oh, and right. And then that gig got him spotted by Danny Boyle's daughter, who suggested him when he was 
uh, casting Slumdog. So really, women with eyes in their head are the reason this guy's got a career. <laughs> yeah, uh, I forgot that he was on Skins. I got really into that show for a little while. And uh, yeah, and I am really, really looking forward to seeing Personal History of David Copperfield. Me too. Directed by Armando Iannucci. It was supposed that to be out cool. in the U.S. Right. in a couple weeks, and it's it's been held back because of Corona. I hope it just goes straight to streaming because I really, really want to see that. The reviews yeah. have been fantastic. It looks so fun. I love I'm any excited. movie about a magician, so I'm in. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I'm but playing just, a role here. Look, Charles Dickens is often has a lot of comedy, mm. and no one ever displays that. It's always mm. like super dry and just fucking go for it. There's some silly shit that happens in David Copperfield. So, yeah. And I love Armando Iannucci. Mm. He is the bomb. Yeah. Well, that is about it for our show. Please remember Patreon.com slash time if you can. And please avoid it if you can't. But also, we're going to close out with uh, Left My Wallet in El Segundo by A Tribe Called Quest off of People's Instincts, Did- Travels, and the Paths of Rhythm. Chris, was there were, were you talking about at one point doing a, a laser time or something about story songs? Yeah. <laughs> because this is one of my favorite story wow. songs. Okay, yeah. Of all time. Okay. It's not just that he left it. It's there is so much detail about how he got to El Segundo, why his wallet was out, who he talked to, where it went. I love this song. I love a good story song. Yes. Okay. Try cool. Quest. I can listen to more of them too. Yeah. Uh I- we were just watching the Chappelle show last night and they did a song on a bus it's fucking awesome uh, anyway anyway no anyway uh, that might have been Day Less Soul my bad but uh, <laughs> we're going to close out with that we will be back next week with a brand new episode try and check out another Laser Time show consider the Patreon we love you stay safe take care of yourself thinking about the past week the last week Go in my pocket, I can't speak Hop in the car and torpede to the shack The shiny, we gotta go back When he said why, I said we gotta go Cause I left my wallet in El Segundo Yeah, I left my wallet in El Segundo Left my wallet in El Segundo